Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest uses the natural benefits of sound, music, and rhythm to help people live healthier lives. As a musician and wellness facilitator, he has led over 3,000 sound healing events since 1995. He's editor of the Sound Health Newsletter, host of the Sound Health Podcast, and is a professor at St. Francis University. As a founding member of the 90s multi-platinum band Rusted Root, he toured the world and sold over 3 million records. His music has been featured in blockbuster Hollywood movies and television. He is the author of Saved by Sound, one musician's story of illness and healing sounds that saved him, and Drum Circle Leadership. Welcome to the show, Jim Donovan. Matt, it's great to be here, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's great to have you on the show. Um, you know, reading your bio too, I got to see uh, your TEDx talk as well. And so your your story is amazing. Um, you know, for those who are being introduced to you, why don't you give us a little background on on what you feel to share your incredible journey and what you're working on today? Yeah, sure. So uh, today, uh, I'm a dad. I've got three kids. Um, they're, they're in their teen years. They've been teaching me a ton. I am um, currently, as you said, I'm a professor at St. Francis University here in Pennsylvania. I'm the director of music and wellness there. And, you know, what, what got me there was, uh, was a path that started back in the early 90s. As you said, I was a member of a band called Rusted Root. We had a song called Send Me On My Way that kind of propelled us on MTV and VH1. Um, and over those years, you know, so for those who aren't familiar with our music, we were, were a very uh, drum-heavy dance band. Uh, it was all about the energy. It was all about the connection with the audience and I would have these experiences with, with people after the show where they would come up and they would be emoting, like openly emoting about something. Maybe it was like this, this euphoria or it was uh, sometimes it was tears and you know, they would say, yeah, I don't understand what just happened, but uh, I'm feeling something I've never felt before. And so as the performer, like that was super interesting to me. I didn't understand it, but to me it was like, this is the juice. This is the magic. I need to understand what in the world is happening here. And so fast forward, uh, you know, we had this, this beautiful career. Uh, you know, I think they're still together. They're doing things, but around about 2000, uh, when my first child was born, I got the sense that I was going to have to transition out of being on the road because I was missing, uh, my, my, my baby at home. And, um, Fast forward about uh, four more years, we had two more of those babies. So I, now I had three and I definitely had to get off the road so I could actually be a part of my kid's life. And uh, by happenstance, I landed at uh, St. Francis University. And as uh, a person at university, you actually have to know some of the things that you are talking about, like at least a couple of them, right? And you have to know the research behind them. And so I began researching the effects of rhythm, the effects of sound, the effects of music really on, on people, on social connection, on depression, on anxiety. And it really rang my bell. Like it was something that, that I knew people instinctively understood. Like they, we know that music feels good and we know that I, you know, we feel connected with those people at the show. But what I wanted to do is kind of bridge that gap between, well, well, why exactly does that happen? 
and then to um, tell people about it in the way that they can understand without getting so far into the weeds where they just numb out and stop, stop listening. So um, just a couple of years, I decided to, to level up and started uh, the whole sound health business. And really, that was, that's about uh, bringing people the information in video form so they can take a course that explains all the science, shows them the exercises that they can do immediately to start feeling the benefits. Um, in addition to that, I do a lot of training programs where I go into facilities like recovery centers, uh, people, uh, organizations that deal with people who have mental challenges, and I place what I call music and wellness programs in those facilities uh, by teaching their staff who don't have to be musicians uh, on how to do all these methods and you know, the, the philosophy behind it and all the methodology. So that's um, kind of a nutshell of you know, where I've come from, where I am right now. That's amazing. Well, you know, there's so much here that I'd love to dive into. Um, some of it uh, would be the science as well and, and how you can use sound for healing. One of the visual representations of, of the power of sound is cymatics and yes. seeing how frequencies will move into a physical harmonic uh, shape. You know, you can see that through water, you can see it through sand. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, what is going on here? This is very interesting. And we can all naturally understand that when we hear a sound that is out of frequency and it's damaging, you can use sound as a weapon. And they actually do in the military. They use sound and frequency as a weapon. And so what are the applications for health, though? And then what are the limits to that? I was in Egypt, I was telling you before the show, and I just interviewed uh, my friend who I was with there, Robert Grant. And we went with a group of people that were scientists, mathematicians, engineers, and there's they would constantly talk about well, it's a resonant science foundation, but resonance, frequency, and then with that comes sound, right? And there, there's such something so primal with it. So um, I guess I'll I'll give you a general question: Is what is your understanding now from you know the application of sound, you know, and, and what you believe its limits are for healing? Because um, it looks like there are many applications, and it has powerful results. Yeah, what a great question. The to answer the second one, I'm not sure what the limits are, because what I see in the research, as so, so I write every day, I, I write these 700 word essays on the research behind music and wellness, and one of the big things that is is coming down the pipe that is really already in the system, that's still uh, I think pretty uh, unknown to the general population is this idea that you can use sound vibration to help your nervous system get back into balance. So when somebody says, you know, how does sound heal? I want to just, just kind of unpack that a little bit because I, I think there's some misunderstandings and there's also um, uh, a suspicion when, pe when people hear the word sound healing, because I think over the years, maybe people have misused the term and misused the idea and, uh, sort of push things that maybe didn't do what they said they would do. So when I talk about sound healing, I look at the word healing, which essentially means to bring back into balance. So what I'm not ever purporting is that uh, we're going to cure anything, right? Even though sometimes that happens, um, sound healing is, 
helping your body get back into a state of homeostasis. So that center point where we are in our fullest mental and physical power. One of the ways that sound does this, especially if we are actively using sound, and what I mean by that is, is physically creating our own sound, is that it helps to stimulate a nerve called the vagus nerve. Uh, some of your folks might have heard of this before, but for those who haven't, so the vagus nerve is a cranial nerve. It's attached to the, the back of the brain and it innervates, you know, it brings itself right over the vocal cords. It actually sort of twists around them. It innervates behind the eyes and in the inner ear. But beyond that, it spans the entire torso, um, you know, winding itself around the heart, the lungs, the, the liver, the kidneys. So what, its function is that of a almost like a, a chemical superhighway messaging system. Like it's the most elaborate superhighway you could imagine. And so messages from the brain are communicated down through this, this messaging system to the organs. And this is the cool part. It happens in the opposite way too. Messages from the gut, messages from the heart go back up through this nerve and send information back up into the, the mainframe computer, if you will. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I think about the, yeah, the central nervous system and going up and down the spine. Um, and so, yeah, please continue. Yeah. So from, from there, when we create our own sounds, so with our voice, and you can even do this with me if you feel like it, if you just hold your hands on your neck and you breathe in and exhale a humming sound for the full exhalation, just notice the vibration that you feel in your neck. So we'll breathe in and then you hum. So that vibration, right, especially if you're really using some volume with your voice, that vibration right here, right in the larynx is the vagus nerve. And what happens when you stimulate it with vibration is that it sends a message to the system, and this is very simply put, to re release chemicals that make you feel good. So dopamine, right, natural euphoria, endorphins, natural pain relief, this stuff called nitric oxide actually happens in your paranasal sinus passages, uh, which is an anti-inflammatory. And also this stuff called acetylcholine, which is a, a neurochemical that's involved with every time you, you lift your coffee mug, every time you make a movement, there's a little bit of acetylcholine in the picture. So essentially, just through simple sound making, we can cause the body to have a response where it produces things that, that help us to feel good. That's a sliver of the full potential of using this one modality in the system. Um, but before I, I, I ramble on, is anything, anything stand out to you there? Any questions that you have about that? That's amazing. And I'm so glad that you are giving the deep scientific explanation because what it reminds me of is being in Tibet. And I recently recall this memory. Um, it's, and it's awesome that that'll happen and, and it'll keep coming up. But I was in Tibet and I was, or, or sorry, Nepal with Tibetan monks. 
and um, they had this hall, right? And so this is where they would go and they would do ohms. And so they said ohm was the sound of the universe. And the way they would draw it out was like O-E-M, like oh, you know what I mean? They would do like a three-syllable type of deal mm -hmm. saying that this is the sound of the universe. Now, the fascinating thing is that when you go into the hall, and I believe these halls are constructed in a certain way that carries sound and frequency um, and amplifies it. When they would do it as a group, it felt like my body was like um, vibrating like the sand. Like I had like the center pole of my body, like, the, you know, but really like as they would do it, the body would expand out. And then as they would contract, it would come back together. And I was like, what in the flying business is going on right now? This is insane. And yeah. I'd, I'd been doing ohms and getting that feeling myself. And, and you can feel it viscerally. So I know exactly what you're talking about. But doing it as a group, I never, I never experienced anything like that. So yeah, um, feel free to you know, share what you think of that and, and continue. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes good sense that the the group vibration hit you that way. Like if you think about it, if if you go to a show and uh and there's like eight people in the show, like it, it can still be a really amazing show. But if you start to multiply the numbers of people, just that physical vibration, that uh you know, that that welling up of of feeling connected with the audience and with the people in the room, like it exponentially starts to uh, multiply itself out. So sound vibration, uh, it's a very similar thing where we can affect ourselves like in this simple way, uh, simple yet powerful. And when we do it in a group situation, we can really amplify that exact same situation. So, one of the other things that happens when we, when we do this, so we get the feel-good chemicals, that's the first thing. Uh, the next thing is that we're essentially signaling the part of your nervous system that's in charge of helping you to rest and digest and restore, something called the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's the part that's on uh, when you're really relaxed, when you're uh, getting a great night's sleep, Anytime you're not in a stress response, right, you're more in that parasympathetic state. Unfortunately, uh, the world that we live in, and uh, seems like increasingly more this past year, more and more people are suffering from anxiety, uh, panic attacks, uh, just, you know, extreme amounts of stress. And the temptation when that happens is to lean into things that are quick fixes, the band-aids. So, uh, you know, alcohol, really any substance that we use to kind of cover over the bad feeling. And when we do that, we actually can do the body a disservice because we're not really adjusting the root core issue, which is that the nervous system needs to be brought out of that stress response and back into homeostasis, back to the center. So vagus nerve stimulation is what we're doing. So we're stimulating the vagus nerve with sound to help it signal itself to come back to the center. Um, so when we, uh, when we do this frequently, if we make it a practice, so, so personally, uh, I have a commute every day. It's about a, an hour long commute. I'll do these exercises uh, sometimes for the full duration of my drive. Um, 
And it's one of the ways that uh, I keep my entire system in a good way. So one thing that we can measure with the vagus nerve is this thing that they call vag vagal tone. It's actually a part of uh, measuring cardio health. And you probably know that as an athlete, right? I actually don't. And that's new for ah. me. <laughs> that's amazing. Thanks. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so vagal tone, a uh, really simple way to think about it is, is that it is um, the strength of the vagus nerve. So, so how, how robust is it? If my vag vagal tone is high, that's a good thing. That means that um, my cardio health is at its top fitness. So an elite athlete, Olympians, professional, uh, professional athletes, if you measure something called heart rate variability, so that's the measurement between the, the heartbeats, you'll see that these folks have a very high vagal tone. And if you looking into the research, you can see that people who are the healthiest tend to have the highest heart rate variability. And that, is, that also signals that you have strong vagal tone. So with vagal tone, this is something that you, that you cultivate. Um, sound vibration is one way to do that. Um, doing deep breathing is a way to do that. Connecting with people that you love and hanging out with them <clears throat> is a way to do that. Uh, sort of the reverse of this, if you look at someone who is in poor health, so I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Last year, uh, I had to have uh, five surgeries. They were life-saving surgeries. I had a, a, a pretty bad GI problem. And during that time, um, I had, you know, five surgeries, five anesthesias, uh, a few near-death experiences. Like it was pretty, pretty bad. I got uh, a blood disease called sepsis, ICU, all that stuff. Um, I was at the very bottom of being on the planet. Um, and I knew it, which was uh, an interesting experience, which we can talk about if you like. When I left the hospital, so, so sepsis waste, wastes your muscles. So um, I lost about 40 pounds of muscle mass. I was pretty emaciated. Um, I had to relearn how to walk again. Um, because of all the tubes that, that were down my throat, um, they, they damaged a little bit of my, uh, my voice. So my voice was, was pretty raspy. And the big thing though, is when I got home, everything hurt, not just my body, but even like my hair hurt. Uh, if there was light coming through the window, it was too much. If anyone just spoke to me in a soft voice, I would, it'd be like, you need to get away from me. This is, I can't handle any input. And what we know and what I know about this is that my vagal tone was probably uh, far in the basement. Like it was, it was very, very low at the time. And I'm telling you this because when you strengthen vagal tone, right? When you increase uh, the, the strength of the vagus nerve, you help your body to be more and more resilient to stress. So in other words, the stressful event happens but it doesn't knock you down, right? You like, you get hit, and then you're like, all right, what else you got? You know, you have a, a, a increased resilience to the craziness of, of what's happening around you. 
another way to think of that is that you, it enables you to be in the chaos of the world, but not become chaos. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I am going to throw the kitchen sink at you with what I'm thinking. And then you pick apart uh, what you want to reply because there, there's so much there. You know, yeah. when you're talking about moving from parasympath, uh, from sympathetic to parasympathetic, I just did a video on that because my understanding of it is through martial arts and how you need to stay relaxed with your breathing and things like that. Although you're in a dangerous situation, um, you need to relax the body. And the thing is, most people don't have an experience out in the world that requires them to think about this level of processing, right? They don't have like a stress where like, if I don't relax and I want to do a big backflip over a jump, um, I can really hurt myself in that moment. Or right. for you, you had an, um, a very serious sickness that was like, I need to improve this. I'm noticing that uh, I really need help right now because things are bad. And so what I wanted to ask is, first of all, the how. What do I do as far as techniques? What do I, like, what do, I do for my protocol and training? I'm super interested in that. And I would love for you to talk about, you know, what it was like at the bottom there, you know what I mean? And experiencing, um, you know, being close to death and how that made you reflect and respond. And, and then how did you use the, the healing or the sound to begin to improve your health? And then the final thing, and if you forget, I'll re-remember and, and figure it out. But, you know, is there, is there like a best sound? Like some people, it sounds like you're saying generate it through active sound, generate it yourself. Um, but then you hear about uh, singing bowls and crystal singing bowls and, and binaural beats and, and, and sound wave technology and all of this stuff. And so maybe you can demystify a little bit of that for us and say, okay, I list, I believe you, I'm, I'm fully engaged. What do I do? And then where do I access the other amazing things about sound and frequency? And, and what are your top recommendations? Totally. These are all phenomenal questions. <laughs> let me start. Um, let me tell you about the bottom because I think that'll inform everything else. Um, I, I've never been <clears throat> in, in this state before. So the, um, to paint the picture, I had, um, so I had sepsis. I didn't know I had sepsis and I didn't know even really what it was uh, until I got home and researched it. So this, this blood disease, um, it basically attacks your entire system. Uh, the body thinks that there's an invader because there was, there was an infection. And it just starts to, uh, it's, it's called a cytokine storm. And basically these, these are parts of your immune system that just go to wherever it thinks it needs to go and just starts killing stuff, right? <laughs> so the viruses, uh, but even the, prob the problem with the cytokine storm is, is that it will uh, actually kill healthy tissue. And so I had, a, I had a pretty significant one and it was just pummeling me. Um, so much so that I got to the point where, so I'm in the ICU. I've got tubes in every imaginable place on my body. Um, and uh, my stomach starts to distend. So it starts to kind of puff up and it feels like um, any moment I'm just going to explode into smithereens. It was the weirdest feeling, uh, crazy pain. And, and right about then I start to think, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to make it. This is, this is, this is really crazy. Fast forward. Uh, I, I, I was worried because I had about eight, eight different incisions in my stomach that were fresh. 
Um, I, I felt like I was going to be nauseous and, and get sick. And the, uh, the nurses came in, I'm like, you know, what, is there a best practice for getting sick? You know, when you have all these incisions and then she's like, no, you just got to do it. And so, um, as I, as I did, uh, I really started to feel my whole, uh, system start to talk, start to rock and sway. And I'm like, oh, wow, this, this really could be the end. And just out of the blue, the, another team of nurses came in and they said, sir, you know, we, we have to get this tube into your stomach to try to help pump it out. Um, we have to put it up your nose and then we have to put it down into your stomach. And it was, it was a pretty decent diameter. It was like, it was the full, <laughs> full area of the nose. And, and they said, you just have to relax as much as you can. And, and, and we got to get it down there. And so I, I heard her say, relax. I'm like, all right, I got to do that. And so I, I softened my body. They did the tube and then I saw white. Everything just went completely white. And then I came back and they were like, are right, we got this thing? We got this tube in your, in your stomach now. I don't know what happened during the white. Uh, I don't know if I, it was a blackout or what, but it was, it was pretty intense. They got the tube in there and then I laid there and it was days. So for days I couldn't, drink, no ice cubes. I mean, I had an IV. There's no food. Um, there's just sitting in it. And I remember I'm, I'm laying there and I'm, I'm having hallucinations, uh, partly from all the opioids that they're pumping into me. And um, I, I sense this. I don't know what it was, if it's, if it's just a, another hallucination, if it's my higher self, a spirit guide, what, I don't know what to call it. But it was sitting on my shoulder and it said, Hey, this is, this is kind of fucked up, isn't it? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like having a dialogue with whatever this is. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is pretty nuts. And the voice is like, you know, you know, if you, you know, you can decide to stay here or you can decide to go and either way is okay. Like everyone will be okay if, if, if you're not here, but if you want to keep, keep here, uh, there's, there's only one thing that you have to do, which is that you have to not use any energy to worry. And I was like, all right, I, that, that kind of makes sense. And, you know, my, the, the voice is like, you know, your entire job is, is just to make it through. That's, that's all you do. Don't think about anything else. Uh, and what I didn't realize at the time was that uh, you know, my, my vitals were in a pretty bad way. My oxygen levels were in a bad way. Um, and I just had this, this sense, it was a weird, like I would think that I would be terrified. Like my logical mind seems like it, it should be terrified, but in the moment <clears throat> I am just like, okay, this is uh, when, it, when the time comes that I'm not here on the planet, it's Okay. And it was the first time I'd ever, I'd ever had that awareness of, um, you know, not being in this physical body, uh, didn't mean the end. That, that was, that was how I, how I took that. So fast forward out of that situation, <clears throat> I steadily progressed. I got started to get some strength back out of the ICU back home where I had to rehab myself and 
when I was to, to rehab, when I left the hospital, the nurse told me, listen, you got three things you have to do, Mr. Donovan. Number one, you have to eat protein because you're emaciated. You have to get these muscles back. Number two, anytime you feel sleepy, go to bed and sleep, which, which I listened to and did. And then third, you need to get out and you need to learn to walk again. Um, because I was so unhealthy, uh, I could only walk a few steps. The, my first walking was literally, it took me five minutes to walk down a hallway and back. It, it would usually take me seconds to scoot down and back, but it was, it was like, I looked maybe like somebody who was 80 or 90 in very poor health trying to walk. So I had to rehab that. When I got home, I had to do the same thing and I would, you know, I would walk up the street and then back and then I'd walk down to the cul-de-sac and then I'd walk back. I'd have, you know, my, my wife would be with me or my own kids, they'd hold me just in case I fell. And it was this process of just rebuilding the whole system. Now, something in the back of my mind that was driving me was, so this is February of 2019. In July, uh, my band and I, we had some shows. We actually had a whole summer full of really great shows to play. And so I'm thinking, I have to get better so I can play these shows because that's, that's, that, that's like my, my great reward. If I get to play a show again. Um, but I, I couldn't sing. So very slowly as I'm taking these walks, as I'm rehabbing, I'm doing my sound, my manual self-generated sound healing exercises as, as much as, as my voice will allow me to do. Um, I needed my voice because I'm a singer. I needed to be, able to be able to sing, you know, a few hours at a time. And so every day, maybe for 15 seconds, I would do a little bit of an exercise. And then when it was tired, I would give it a break. Little by little, day by day, month by month, I started to see incremental improvement. I would walk around, I'd listen to my Bob Marley, right? And just like feel happy and like keep going with my steps, keep going with the humming. By June, I was rehabbed enough to start to work again. By July, I was able to play, uh, play shows again. Uh, first show was about an hour, and then subsequent shows were two to three hours of playing, singing, pretty gingerly jumping around. I'm not doing any acrobatics, but I can do it. And I attribute it to those, those simple things. I slept, I did the nutrition, I did tons of walking, uh, in fact, since then, I've done over uh, 2.1 million steps just, just to get myself back um, and all the vagal nerve stimulation. That those, those are my key components. Holy smokes, that's an amazing story. When you were, when you were talking about um, being at the bottom there and, and exiting the planet, I had that ex – exact same experience with different details on Everest when I, my body started to shut down and I got caught in a snowstorm. And for oh, me, wow. it was my voice though. That's why it was so weird for me because it was me talking to myself, not like an inner dialogue, but like outside. <laughs> and so yeah. and what it said to me, it goes, it's okay. You can go to sleep. And I was like, Oh no, I can't. I was like, no, I know I can't. You liar. <laughs> but it wasn't like I, that was the weird thing. I didn't feel afraid. 
it felt comfortable. And that's what the scary thing was. It was so comfortable. And so that's a trippy experience and it will change you. Um, So then they said, don't worry. And, you know, when you're in the oneness state or you're high on opiates or, or you have that experience, however it happens, you know, it, but it's visceral. That's the whole point is however it's happening. It's very visceral and it comes with an awareness or a knowing that it doesn't matter how it happened. It's like this incredible experience, this deep, deep knowing of you're kind of cared for and there is something and, and it's really big, whatever this power is. And so if you get to that space, it does say things like it's all okay. And you cannot worry. Um, my question for you in this story is how do we not worry? And what were the specific practices? And so it, it what you're saying is kind of like the scientific proof and understanding of why in uh, the Tibetan monks own. And they say do the three syllables and that's what I would do. And that's a part of their practice. And the other thing you mentioned was walking. And my friend, Mark England, really amazing guy, trainer, uh, amazing coach. He has this habit, he says, of asking old people in good health what they do, right? When he sees, you know, people are 80, 90 years old and fantastic health and energy, ask them what they do. He goes, 100% of them answer walk. And he goes, so I'm a guy who listens and I wake up and he wakes up walking every morning. He sets his alarm, shoes are by his bed and he just walks. He's like, I wake up walking. And there's, you know, you could have, I don't know who the guest is, but I'm sure there's a guest out there that could tell us the whole reason why uh, walking, um, you know, generates energy in the body. And I've seen some stuff in articles talking about the energy of the earth coming up and turning on the electrical system in the body. And it's very simple. And these practices are simple. And that's what I would just want to kind of let the audience hear is that just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not powerful. Like, if you want really strong legs, leg squats are not complicated. But if you're the only person who does leg squats on the planet, someone will be like, how are you squatting three or 400 pounds? And you're like, <laughs> well, I put this barbell on my back, I sit down, and then I get back up. <laughs> and so, yeah, maybe you can speak a little bit on the technique and, and what I kind of just shared there. Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> the technique of, of vagal nerve stimulation, it can be as basic and simple as humming. So one of the things I encounter with people, uh, be, being as we are, is a self-conscious, self-consciousness about the quality of the voice, the worry that someone's going to make fun of me, uh, humiliate me, or something because my voice, uh, quote-unquote, isn't good enough. And to that, I say that a, your voice is your birthright. You were born with the tool to use. Like it's, it's a built-in helper. Um, secondly, anyone that would ever humiliate a person uh, has their own problems that aren't yours. So the, the thing I encourage people to do is to put those things aside and just give it a chance to work. See if they can get uh, even the 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 basic feelings happening because once you do, once you feel the sensations like you, like you've described of, of all the vibration happening in the body, uh, you won't ever not want to do it again because it is, it is very pleasing. So if you're out there, if you're watching on Facebook or wherever you're, you're, you're tuning in from, here's the thing, at least give yourself the opportunity to see if it's for you. Um, just like anything, there's there's things that aren't for every person. Uh, I've found in my experience, literally tens of thousands of people doing this with me, 
Um, uh, many of them have some pretty interesting experiences uh, and overall help themselves to feel better on their terms with what's built in to their own body. So a simple technique that we can all do, uh, I use vowel sounds. So these are, I, I, I love spirituality. I, I love the Tibetan and the Hindu mantras. Uh, there's, they're lovely. I do them myself. But for some folks, just, just the part of religion being in the picture will preclude them from even giving it a try. So what we do here is we, we put that over to the side and we just focus on the vibration and specific simple sounds that are a part of your language. So an exercise. Um, we can go, we can start vibration here at the top of the head. I'll show you how to do that and then move it into all the energy centers. So, so the top of the head, the forehead, the neck, heart, the solar plexus, the uh, abdomen, and then reproductive. And what I like to do is combine uh, hand movements, just, just some, some holding, and that, that is, to me, just a, a way of creating more comfort. So if you're out there, you want to do this with me, just do it along with me. Uh, if people ask you what you're doing, say, say I'm healing my body and leave me alone. Okay? So <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to start with the sound of the vowel E. So it will be EEM. Every sound will have an M at the end. And so we're going to bring vibration. We're going to actually going to use the, the resonating chamber of the jaw. We're going to shape it in such a way that it directs the, the sound to where we want it to go. So EEM, when we do this, we want to make the sound uh, by making our mouth really look like the, the most of the, the E sound you can make. So not EEM, but EEM, like that. So Hold, you could hold the top of your head. Close your eyes if you want. We're going to breathe in. And then exhale. And I'll tell you, the more volume you use, uh, the better it is. Let's do uh, two more. Breath in. your arm. Next, we're going to move to the forehead with the sound of the vowel A. So it's like the word aim. I like to get one hand on the back, the base of my skull, the other one right here on the forehead, and I hold my head and we make the sound aim. Hey, can you, when you, when you do that, why are you using the hands? What is it? So the, the hands for, for me make me feel an extra level of comfort. Mm. I've got no science that explains why, uh, but there's something about how just, just holding my head like this just feels really comforting and good because remember, we're helping to bring the parasympathetic system back on. So more, any comfort that we can do for ourselves, the better. Got it. It makes perfect sense. Like if you imagine like, uh, you know, I very rarely um, get sick, but uh, a few weeks ago I woke up feeling terrible. Mm. And 
you go into the fetal position and then you grunt. <laughs> you're just like, uh, <laughs> that's what you do. Totally. Right. Yeah. And then if you're lucky enough, your mom is nearby and she'll put your hand on your head. So yes. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, just that, just that touch. Like when there's nobody else there to, to do that for you. I mean, that's the ultimate, right. To have someone hold you uh, or what, but for yourself, it's, this is self-soothing. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that we moan right? When we don't feel good is that the body naturally knows to stimulate this to help pain relief happen. Like it's built in. Right. So, and so you shared earlier how when that humming is happening, you're actually le- releasing the neurotransmitters or chemicals through different parts of your brain and body that, that give us those feel good feelings. Yes. So, so, and this is such an important distinction because then through our conscious awareness, we can control the body's chemistry. Yes. And so when you're in anxiety and depression and you feel like I can't change anything, my body is just making me feel this, right? We're trying to do it from level of mind, but you can do it from level of body. And I recently just vi- did a video on how breath can do this and you're adding the sound. And so you just pick one. They both work. And this is phenomenal. And you're adding all the, the science to it. So I love it. And, and when you did the first one, I felt so relaxed. It's like, oh, we're going to continue. I could just sit here for a second. Oh yeah. Well, the, the exercise, what I'm showing you is it's, it's one of my, it's one of my best things. It's the thing that I lean into the most and uh, it works the full body. So, so we are constantly, we're doing a bunch of things. We're, we're turning on the parasympathetic system. So you might find yourself yawning. Uh, you might feel, feel relaxed. We are strengthening vagal tone. So we're actually, just like we would be working out a muscle, we're working out this this nerve, giving it attention and energy. Uh, And, you know, the voice, you know, we know we can build the voice if if we do vocal exercises. As as a singer, I do them every day and it works. So we're doing that. And then we're helping just the entire system to be in a state where the body has the best opportunity to heal itself. When you're in stress, and uh, I bet you know this, and some of your listeners might know this, when you're in stress, the body must pay attention to the stress and deal with the stress. That's how we are wired. And so if you're a person in chronic stress, right, it's just happening all day long. Um, What's not happening is that your body isn't as efficient as it could be in its rebuilding that it does, especially during sleep, which is another reason why all the sleep for me was such a big deal as I healed from uh, the life-threatening stuff. Amazing. Agreed. Yes. Yep. hundred percent. Okay. Take me through the next one. I, I want right, so it. <laughs> next one, we're going to go to the forehead <clears throat> mm-hmm. and uh, I hold the back of my head and I put another, uh, my palm on my forehead and what I want you, you all to do out there is to focus on the feeling of the vibration, right? Get past the worry of the sound of your voice and just focus in on the feeling of the vibration. So the sound here is aim. We're going to hold it out for a full breath. Don't worry about matching my pitch. Just whatever pitch you have in your voice uh, is completely fine. We're going to close the eyes, breathe in. Hey. Try to use even more volume if you're able. Breath in. Hey. 
time. Hey. Good. Shake out your arms. Just sit with that for a moment. Just notice what, if anything, is going on, how it affects you. Where we go next is to the throat. So we can, like we did earlier, we hold very gently. We put our palms right over the sides of our neck. You can curl your fingers around the back of your neck. You're not squeezing or anything. You're just kind of sitting them there. Um, and what we're doing is we're pressing that vocal cord and vagus nerve a little more together so that we get an extra level of stimulation on there. So the sound here, we're just going to look straight ahead. Uh, you can keep your eyes closed. The sound here is the word I'm or the vowel I. Here we go. Breath in. I'm. Again. your hands, breathe in, let it go. <sighs> Just take your time. And you might at this point feel into the difference between your head and the rest of your torso and see if there's a contrast between the two. Some people feel tingly. Some people don't feel anything at all right away, which is all right. If, if that's the case for you, sometimes you just need a few more repetitions, um, especially if you're really stressed out. For some, some folks get into their heads a little bit and try to analyze what's happening in real time. Uh, and that's, that's cool, it's a good thing. And during the exercise, it's, it's good to just allow yourself to be present in the exercise without all the thinking. So the more you can bring yourself just to the present moment experience, uh, the more you'll begin to feel the effect. How you doing, Matt? You doing okay so far? Yeah, I'm doing wonderful. It relaxes me immediately. And one thing that was helpful was to focus on the vibration and I was getting flashbacks of, yeah, being in Nepal immediately. So it's a super cool experience for me. And one of the things I remember when you would do the group ohms is you would do your voice, right? You would, you would be doing it, but then all of a sudden you would just merge with everything, like all the sound. And so then I could only hear yours, but then, then I couldn't hear mine. And then I could only hear mine and then I only hear yours. And then it's all one thing. And it's such a trippy experience. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's super cool. Like somehow the sounds and vibrations merge into a direct experience of oneness. Uh, you know, my podcast is okay with me saying some, some stuff like that. But that's why the group thing is, is so great. And what I also love about it is I like effective techniques, right? And so, so many people tell me, I don't meditate because it's hard. Just do this. 
and, and the key distinction that you're drawing is you got to get out of the sympathetic nervous system into stress, chronic stress, uh, chronic stress, anxiety. Just do this. The, the challenge is, you know, you might feel like, okay, people are going to think I'm a weirdo. Yeah. And I have that thing with the voice too. I feel like my voice, when I sing, it's, it's terrible. I need music lessons and all that, but um, I want to be able to use my voice more. So I'm always super con- uh, self-conscious of it, but just get over it, do it, and, and it can improve. And, and it doesn't have to be a best thing. You're, it's okay to suck. You know, I let myself like some things I'm good at and some things I suck at. And I wish my voice was magical and, and beautiful like yours, but it's not. And it can be mine and I can still use it to, um, you know, create these effects and even improve it if, if I wish and, and want to. I want to just make the beautiful sound. You know what I mean? <laughs> Say it like an Italian for some reason. <laughs> I want to make the, the beautiful, beautiful sound. sound. <laughs> the beautiful sound. <laughs> I am part Italian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Absolutely. It, it, Absolutely. it feels good, man. It's a beautiful technique. Well, Matt, this is the thing. I mean, and you know this from being an athlete, is that if even if you do, like, let's, let's put it in, in really, really, really basic terms. If you have music that you dig, listen to your songs and hum along, right? Just hum three songs a day, right? It's, it's one of the easiest ways to get in all the vagal nerve stimulation that, that you need. Because what happens is you get all these, these chemical benefits, you get the strength and vagal tone, the more you repeat it. Big fringe benefit though, is that your voice gets, gets richer, it gets deeper. And what I find um, is that I do it before every, actually I was doing it right before the podcast. And what happens is that it helps me open up my communication so that I can really elucidate ideas uh, without a PowerPoint presentation, uh, without notes. I can just access what I've got because I've kind of prepped my brain to be in that experience. So all this stuff is, I mean, it's all connected. And, um, you know, listeners out there, this, this is the thing you can, you can do this full exercise that we're in right now. Uh, and if that's not for you, turn on your jam. If you can't stand your voice, just turn it up a little louder than your voice and really get some volume going so that you're getting the stimulation happening. Uh, I would be shocked if in a week you didn't feel uh, quite different and you, and that you didn't have a different relationship to your own stress. Yeah, I I agree. And it's just to draw on that point, you know, when you're as a martial artist, you're going into battle in a dangerous situation. Before you do that, you need to calm your body. And when you calm your body, you're able to receive more information because when you're in stress, you're limiting pattern recognition. And in martial arts, when the guy's trying to trick you so it can kick you in the face, you need to be getting all the information you can to make a better decision. And the way that you're sharing it is you want to show up to work. You want to um, show up to a party, a social situation, and just be present, right? Like, you know, when you go to a party and someone's not present and you know, they're, they're not the most fun to talk to, but more than that, they're just disengaged because they're in their mental world. And so they're kind of like uh, anxious or not suffering. They're just uneasy. They're not comfortable and engaged and all that kind of stuff because of what the body's doing. And so you could use this technique for, for anything, but that's how you're going to have a full and rich experience and just to be present. And it's what it does is it, it, the beautiful and best thing for people to understand. It goes beyond thinking. You can't think your way into these states, I don't think. Uh, maybe some people can and they have a map to it, but that's, we're reading these things and we're reading these self-help books and we're like, 
how to think myself into peace. Okay. You know what I mean? I do this and it's, <laughs> and it's it basically impossible. But when you do something like this, you're like, you know what? I can't think my way into peace, but I can hum my way into peace. I can't think my way into peace, but I can breathe my way into peace. And that's you consciously right? Taking control of your body's emotional system. Because some people in those states believe that their bodies just run the show. Dr. Joe Dispenza says, addiction is when the mind becomes the body. So, or when the body becomes the mind. And so you don't want the cigarette, the body goes over and has the cigarette. You don't want um, to do this bad habit, the body goes over and does the bad habit. Well, who's controlling who here? Um, and so when you do these practices, what you're saying is like, oh, the body is emoting. Okay, what information is here? I'm stressed out. Anything I need to know? Okay, cool. Gathering the logical information I need. Now I'm going to use my own consciousness and I'm going to turn the lens back and I'm going to put you in parasympathetic uh, from sympathetic to parasympathetic, so from stress to relaxation through this process because I have that power. I'm the ultimate dominion here. I control the body, right? And, and the real I, whatever that is, is observing both. It's observing feelings. It's not bad to have feelings. It's not bad to be anxious. It's not bad to be afraid. Sometimes you need that. You're walking down the street and tigers got loose and you see a tiger. Oh, shit. <laughs> you watch out. You should be afraid of that situation, right? You should have it, but you don't want to stay there. And that's right. the different animals. They get afraid. They go into that system, but then they go back. We live in perpetual stress. And so when we understand that, we have now the opportunity to use that technique whenever we wish for the rest of our lives to immediately switch the system. And that on and on switch is just paramount. And that's just the rant I wanted to share. I love that rant. You could, you could <laughs> rant like that all day. That's good stuff. And it's, and it's right on. Here's the thing. The world is waking up. Finally, we, we finally have the ability to connect with each other without interference from other people. So you and I right now, we can look at each other and we can have this conversation and we can broadcast this conversation to all of our, our friends on all of our social networks. And one of the good things about that is that when we have information like this that gives you the viewer power right it takes it takes those who would want to have power over you it, it weakens their ability to do so so we haven't been given uh or taught what we are capable of in the current systems that exist for most people uh, are there places that do Absolutely. I bet you were at one of them when you were over with the monks. But by and large, in like, you're, you're not going to see this in a public school system yet. Uh, you're not going to see this uh, even at a university unless you come to St. Francis where I'll, I'll teach it to you um, in our classroom outside, right? We'll, we'll, we'll go into this stuff. So we're, we are showing you things that are yours already. You just don't know how to use them yet. Some of you maybe. And the, the key is to just let yourself try it out. Um, I don't benefit, by the way, by you trying it out. Um, my hope is that you suffer less. I know from almost being off the planet, like for real, that one of my missions here is to help to reduce suffering in myself, in the people that I love, and then to anyone who will listen. So that's, that's what I'm doing here.
That's beautiful. I love that. And interestingly enough, when I was with the the monks in Nepal, they said, that's what we're doing here. We're helping reduce suffering on the planet. And that's through empowerment. Knowledge is power. And I remember um, that Bible verse. I don't even know. One of the first ones, John 1, 1. Is that the first word of the Bible? And the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Is that the very first sentence of the Bible? <laughs> I should know I that. I think so. I think it says John 1, 1. So I, I think, yeah, I think it is. And like I said, going to Egypt with these, um, you know, physicists and scientists and engineers, sound technology is a real thing. And the, and the wonderful thing about this is how simple it is, but it empowers you through simple knowledge. And, yeah. and, and a lot of the stuff, even with the monks, it was so simple. It's not complicated. But what I love about what you're doing is bringing the science into it. It's like, hey, just so you know, when you do this, this is what's happening. Like, I have no idea what happens when I do a leg squat or a deadlift. No idea. I know I got to pick this thing up. Sure, all kinds of stuff happens in the body and, and somebody can explain that to me. And if they did to somebody who didn't understand it, it would give them more motivation to give it a try. But yes. I would know that you don't need to know any of that if you don't want. Go to the gym and just do one set of uh, squats and one set of deadlift uh, properly, please. You got to learn how to do it and um, do that, you know, one a day or one set of five a day with whatever your regular training is and you'll get crazy strong um, and you can do it safely and it's worked for me. And so that's how you build insane strength. Like I was 180 pounds deadlifting 460. It's, it's an unbelievable number. Like I shouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? And it's just a physical representation and yeah, I'm an athlete, but I never deadlifted before that. And I just say it as a number because when I was doing it, I was shocked and the protocol was so simple. But if you're thinking about peak performance, uh, living life of your dreams, uh, improving your relationships, improving communication, getting out of stress is the number one thing you have to do. Stress kills you. Um, it makes your decision making poor. It, um, gives you less patience. You know what I mean? It's, it's literally night and day. And from the, a little bit of what you alluded to, when you're in stress, you're in fear and ignorance. And that means you're more easily uh, controlled and susceptible to manipulation. When you are strong and empowered um, and receiving all of the information, you're not looking for any kind of savior, right? If you're drowning, you need anybody to save you. And you drown in fear and ignorance and, and basically fear. Somebody help me. I'm not empowered. I need you to save me. This right. is like, no, I can save myself. You, and you know that because you did. The voice talks to you. It's like, hey, you want to you wanna stay or go? You, you got to relax. You can't be worried all the time, man. You got to relax. And it's like, we're going to show you a way how. And now that you're here, it's like, I'm going to share that with other people. So they now have an opportunity and it's yours to take uh, as an invitation, whether you want to or not. Very simple. Um, you know, and, and now you can shift things and, and it will, and it changes your vibrational pattern, which will change everything, how you, what you experience, how you experience it. You know, you take the same situation, somebody in stress and somebody relaxed and one of them is going to be like, oh, that person in this circumstance and oh my goodness. And the other one's like, it doesn't, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't even phase them. It's, it's totally fine. Like, you know, even uh, just a small example, but a few weeks ago it was raining and I didn't have a, I didn't have a coat and my daughter, she's only one. She loves the rain. She purposely wants to go out there. So her and I are just out there. I put on my shorts and we just relax. Anytime it rains, we get fully get immersed. We don't have a, 
you know, oh no, it's raining. It's like, yeah, let's get into this. this it's it's a raining. Whole, yeah, it's a whole different experience. So it's, it's yeah. really profound and, and really beautiful. This is the thing is that we are finally here in our world, just gaining access to more, more of who we are and what we're capable of. And when we do that, there is, I feel, uh, a pretty deep sense of peace, knowing that um, just because it's on the news, uh, just because it's on social, doesn't mean that I need to participate or do anything with it, right? I, my number one job is to bring myself back to my own center. And when I do that on a regular basis, I suffer less, right? So, you know, where we've gone, like we, we started with the top of the head and we went to the forehead and the throat. I want to show you the rest of the sounds and then we'll, we'll review them so people can write them down or we can, we can put them in the post or whatever. And, uh, and you can start to use the practice. It, it might take you 10 minutes a day. Uh, when you do it, you will uh, most definitely feel some sort of a difference. So the next sound, if you're good with that, we can go back into yeah, the it exercise. Sounds, yeah, it sounds great. Would love to, please. Yeah. <clears throat> so we did im, aim, I'm, and now we're going to work with the heart. So to get sound vibration down into the torso, there's a couple things that will help. One is to make your spine straight so that that, that column back there can really help the, the vibration move more efficiently. The second thing, again, I like to hold my heart because it's, it's comfortable, is you'll tilt your chin down towards your heart like this. Not the whole way, right? Because that'll kind of hurt, not hurt, but like just get in the way of your vocal cords, but just a little tilt down. And when I'm making the sound, you'll notice that I'm going to kind of pivot my head slowly back and forth, almost like I'm a... Um, one of those guiding lights out in the ocean, you know, one of those, what the heck are they called? Oh God, not a lighthouse? Lighthouse, a lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the heck is it called? I was going to say a metronome also. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very slow one. <laughs> so we're going to make the sound um, of um, A-H-M, um. So I, I spine is straight. I breathe in, chin down. Breath in, spine straight. Again. your hands, breathe in, let it go. Ah. 
can bring your hands down to your solar plexus. So this is right at the bottom of your rib cage and about there. Again, same deal. Spine is straight, chin goes down, the sound is om, breath in. Om. Breathe in. Rest your hands, breathe in, let it go. Take a moment to notice how you feel. There's two more sounds to do. You can hold your belly button. Same deal, spine is straight, chin will be down. The sound here is oom. Breath in, spine straight. In down. Ooh. Breathing in. your hands, breathe in when you're ready, and just let it go. There's one last sound. So what I do is I get my hands, I put them on my waist like that. So I'm focusing on the vibration the whole time. My spine is straight still, chin is down. And you're imagining that the vibration is going down into your torso the whole way to the very bottom of your torso, right? This is reproductive area. So breathing in, spine straight, chin down. The sound is um. Um. Uh, um. Breath in. Um, spine is straight, focus on the vibration. Um, 
last one. Big breath in, just let it go. Take a moment just to notice your mind, your body, your mood. See if it's different from when you first started listening today. Beautiful, <clears throat> so relaxing. We all have access to those deep states of consciousness. For the meditator, especially for the folks who are newer to it or struggling with it, one of the reasons that you see repetitious chanting practices in nearly every indigenous religion and the modern spiritual religions, you know, whether it's praying the rosary, whether it's chanting, um, Om Namah Shivaya or Om Ahum, right? That repetitious chanting, it's, it's not, not a great name for it, but it, it is a fast track into preparing your brain and helping to put it into a slower brainwave state, which is uh, the place that meditation takes us to. So if you're looking for a way to get clear of the mental noise, Self-created sound is one of the most powerful ways to get there. Absolutely. Yep. I, I agree. Um, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful reminder for me. Like I said, it's just this flashback to being in, in Nepal and, and imagine doing this. You've, you're a musician. You've played these places where they're built for sound. And they say, you know, potentially Egypt had some, you know, resonance in there, like some of the spots um, they would have these, you know, resonating chambers. They had this one wall, I think it was called Saqqara. It's, you, it's a square, right? It's, so it's a big, big wall, okay? okay? And then in the wall is a square. And then in that is a smaller square, like a couple feet in, and then one more. You stick your head in that and you can feel a vibration. Everybody <laughs> could feel it. You didn't have to do anything. Wow. And they called it the healing center. I believe it was Saqqara. And I was like, S-A-Q-Q-U-A-R-A -A or something like that. You'll figure it out. Um, yeah. But like I stuck my head and I was like, what the hell is going on? And, and uh, it was such a visceral experience. So, you know, there's a reason why sound is ancient and we can use it to harmonize. So I want to ask you um, just a couple quick questions. Um, feel free to elaborate or make it quick if you've got to run. Do you believe um, or think that maybe the chants that are in, um, whether it's Hinduism or, or Tibetan Buddhism or these different chants, maybe it's the sound refined, maybe they use it, or do you, like, do you, you think that might be why they would use specific words or like specific mantras? Maybe that's producing the exact sound, like A is close, but then this kind of refines it a little bit? That's kind of like my- I think there's, there's a lot to that. <clears throat> and- you know, for uh, a spiritual practice, you know, what we haven't even talked about is the element of intention. So, so aligning my thought with the sound to create a, an even deeper effect. And I mean, we could go and go and go in, into these ideas, but you know, simply put, 
anytime we can align a thought with word and with action, we create a much more powerful response than if we do any one of them in isolation. So kind of like, this is a, maybe a strange example, but kind of like a business who maybe has a good product, but their mission is over here. And then the employee, uh, the employees behave a different way over here. Like there's a misalignment of all these things and then uh, you know, a company will fail. Uh, I can see the same kind of thing in a human being where uh, we all know people, maybe people on TV who say one thing uh, to one person, say something different to another person and then and act a completely different way when they're in private. And that's a good example of uh, of misalignment, really simple way to put it. So that's kind of a, these are big examples of, of, of something that's, I think, a lot more uh, personal, which is how do we align our own thoughts, our own sound, our own actions to a spot. And so for those out there who, who maybe aren't spiritual, uh, you can still use the practice for uh, a way that helps you to feel connected, at least into yourself. And that is just to focus on uh, creating peacefulness in yourself. Uh, focusing on allowing the noise to happen, but not being the noise. Yeah, absolutely. You just opened up a whole bag of worms in my mind that I, I thought about and you re-reminded me. Um, you know, I, when you say that it's, it's integrity, uh, congruence, and wholeness, you feel whole in your being. And so you're in harmony with the outside world. Um, being in stress is disharmony. You're, you're not right. aligned. And I, I remember doing some of these uh, sound techniques with one of my Native American teachers. And he said, you know, and his was more of an E and we would, we would, we would do that sound and we do it in a group. Um, some people experienced healing, like as a group, there was a person that had a very powerful experience where he says, there was enough people and you, and you did a breath and a sound and you put a person in the middle and that person had a very powerful healing experience that she still talks about to this day. It was the, the catalyst or the energy she needed to begin her recovery because she couldn't walk and run. So she had the energy and she started to run and, and the rest was history. So an amazing story. Um, and so in that idea and framework, what I think about is the manifestation piece of holding the intention, but a pure intention. So again, to bring up the monks, I said, you know, I heard desires, the root of all suffering. Um, but I wrote a book called Zen athlete. This is what I'm telling the monk at the time. I wrote a book at the Zen athlete, but I'd like a million kids to read it because I know it will help them. Um, the information will be very powerful. And he goes, that's not desire. I was like, what do you mean? Of course it is. He goes, it's not for you. He's like, you want to help other people. He's like, it's not, he's like, it's different. He's like, there's distinctions and their translation into English, their words and their language is so diverse. You know what I mean? We're kind of getting the boiled down version when we're taking these translations and we're trying to understand them. But these distinctions are very important and their awareness of those teachings are very important. They're very ancient. And so when you're talking about the intention piece, I think that's really beautiful. And that was one of the things that a Native American teacher, David Lombear, taught me was you do the chanting and then you hold the vision in your mind. And even when I read the book, uh, The Master Key System by Charles Hannell, he's apparently a 33 degree Freemason. And he talked about the first few chapters with just holding a thought. It's like, you know, can you relax your body? Can you hold like the letter A for five seconds? 90% of people cannot do that. 
Um, you know, and if people are stressed out, uh, a lot of people in the, their life in the last five years or 10 years haven't felt that much peace if they went through this process. They just literally live in stress. They even know there's a way out of that habitual thinking mind. So if we get into integrity and wholeness with ourselves and use it to manifest pure intentions of service to other, that when I manifest this, this will improve the lives of others. It will improve um, and fit seamlessly with my environment. It's not going to destroy this. It's actually an act of creation and sound creation. And so even actually behind me, this was from Tibet. My buddy had this, and I think it's the um, something to do with sound. Somebody might actually know. And if you do know, put it in the YouTube comments because I don't know. I can't remember right now, but I feel like this is the sound of the universe and the sound vibration going out. And that's how we create. It, it really looks like one of those cymatic uh, images. Uh, looks like it, it might even be a specific note. I don't recognize it um, as, as such, but it really appears that way. Uh, the, yeah, this is, this is the thing. When we, um, when we share what we know, when we're generous with what we know, uh, that doesn't ever diminish us. It, it only, you know, helps exponentially more and more people. Uh, that, that's why, you know, I, I, I come on a show like this. I want to give you the best thing that I've got because the suffering is great. Um, and anything I can do, anything we can do to help even reduce it uh, uh, half of a half of a percent, I think is worth it. Uh, that's, you know, it's my mission. That's what I do. Um, not just because I, I think I'm a great guy or better than people. I just know how much suffering hurts. I know, I know what that pain is. I, I've experienced my own deep pain. And while I feel good, I want to bring that out to the world. Uh, and it's very, uh, for me, it's very congruent to put all these things together and to show anyone who's watching, you know, how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And with that example, you know, I think the, the world wide suffering is great. And then the individual suffering can be immense as well. And when you said it, I just thought about like the individual. And so, you know, if we think about experiencing the universe just within ourselves and say, hey, now we have a technique that can reduce suffering for the rest of our lives, it's literally changing the universe for one individual. And that is massive. Then the idea is how many more, um, you know, can we offer that gift to? And it's that uh, old saying that, uh, you know, one candle can light a thousand others without diminishing its own life. And that's, that's the offer. And I feel like when you have a, an offering like that, you're in total harmony with the universe. And can you, can you, sing through life. You know, I love the Alan Watts thing. He's like, uh, life isn't to, uh, is a game. It's supposed to be played when you, when you, you don't, uh, work music, you don't work the piano, you play the piano and life can be similar to that. And so I, I don't know if you've ever heard that reference before, but I figured you'd dig it as a musician. Love and, it. uh, uh, I appreciate your time. I, I could talk to you all day, but this was really, really beautiful. Um, is there anything else that you want to chat about i'll sit here and listen if there is um and uh just anything you want to leave the listeners with yeah sure i think the the big thing is because life gets so packed up and uh i don't know sometimes i know personally i'll feel a pressure to like do a lot of things to like make myself a better person and it can get to the point for some folks, I know I've felt this where it's like, oh man, there's just too much and I'm just going to go watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> so 
my encouragement is you know, if anything resonated with you today, no pun intended, if it, if it, if it hit you in a way that, that you felt something that's like, you know, I want to, I want to really explore this. Um, the, the sounds that, that we did were aim, aim, I'm, um, om, um, and then um, okay? If you do three of them, you know, do, do each one of those three times and then just sit and relax, uh, it is highly likely that your parasympathetic nervous system will be on. And when it's on, your body is ready to begin to rejuvenate itself. A practice you could think about is uh, even doing one of those sounds, just one, for maybe two minutes straight. Just keep repeating um, over and over again before bedtime. Put yourself in a parasympathetic state as preparation for sleep so that when you actually sleep, your body heals what needs to be fixed, right? That's, that's one simple way that you can vastly improve your health. It's how I got myself from the bottom back up to fully functioning again. And um, I, I really hope that that is a helpful thing for you. Um, anyone that's interested, I have some very, uh, I think, very good resources that are free. If you go to donovanhealth.com, so Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, health.com, you'll find I have uh, over 200 music and wellness articles that go into everything from depression to Alzheimer's to Parkinson's disease um, to how to how to set yourself up to be a super ager. And you, there's a great article I just put out this week about that. It's it's a pretty rich resource, DonovanHealth.com. Uh, there you'll also find my podcast. I have a podcast called Sound Health, and we talk about all these kinds of things. And some great guests, maybe I can encourage Matt or entice him to come over and talk with us over there sometime. Anytime. <clears throat> um, and the last thing I'll say is uh, for, for any of you who, who would like guided experiences uh, at that same website, DonovanHealth.com, you'll find I have something called um, the Donovan Sound Solution. And it is exercises like we did today uh, set to music. And I guide you through extended practices of, of all of them. Uh, there are things for sleep in there. And I also have some, some full courses uh, on sound healing uh, that's all self-generated. So uh, you can check those out there too. Amazing. Well, I'm I'm super interested in all of it. I, I, you know, the the world of sound healing has become more popular um, the last few years, and I'm very excited about it. Brainwave treatment. I'm very excited about that, and um, just learning the distinctions between master teachers like yourself and people who are newer to the journey, which is fine. Um, but like, you know, when we when we keep unpacking this with with the people who are really have a deep knowledge of this and then be able to share the techniques, you know, so that we can experience them. Um, it can be very, very transformative, right? And then it's just an invitation to try the technique or not. And when you're talking about the oming before sleep and, and waking up, I just imagine that as like um, the body is a, it receives signals and it sends signals. And so if we can then take our consciousness in to, to make a sound, a vibration 
that just automatically puts us in a harmonic state, then we're walking throughout our days. We're setting you know, our day up for success in harmony where most people wake up and the monkey mind turns on and then they're actually in a little bit of stress because they got to do task A, B, C, D before they get out the door and then they're, then they're thinking and they're in their mind and no good, no good thinking ever gets done in the mind. You know what I mean? It's usually <laughs> anyway, it's crap. Uh, you know, right. when you write, you know, then you're kind of getting somewhere and yeah, thoughts can be okay sometimes, but most of the time you want to just be very, very present. And when you said, said those techniques, I was like, just thinking to myself how, how powerful that could be just harmonizing the body. Um, and, and you're doing it as a, a, like a, a container night, morning, night, morning, night, morning, and you're kind of training yourself. And that's why it takes a little bit of will and a little bit of action, but it's not, not rocket science. Anybody could do it. It just becomes a decision. And so if you're noticing yourself, get out of harmony, you now have a tool that uh, is incredibly powerful. And that's the thing too. This is something you can teach to your kids. And when you do, you do it with them. Uh, even so far as like turning on some like relaxing music before bed, some instrumental music and like hum along with it with them, you know, make it part of a routine, teach them early so that they have control over their own nervous system. Right. We're, we're not taught to do this. We, uh, the, you know, our, our world wants to sell us something to cover it over because it's very lucrative, right? All, all those businesses that do that, uh, pharmaceuticals that do this, and I'm not down on those, by the way, because they, they kept me on the planet. <laughs> and some of that stuff uh, causes more problems than, than it helps, especially when we're covering over things that you can deal with on your own most of the time. Um, also, I want to just, just be really clear. If you take meds right now, don't stop taking your meds and substitute this. Talk to your doctor first, right? That's a super important thing to, to understand. Never, never cold turkey on anything without assistance because that, that can be pretty dangerous, right? But most importantly, remember that your body has been built with self-healing coping mechanisms that we have been using as human beings as long as we've been on the planet. It's just that now we're rediscovering a way to do it that makes sense to us here in 2020. Amazing. Yep. A hundred percent agree. You know, especially with all the stuff going on in the world is like, I've been looking at the limits of human potential, you know, and, and people, uh, healing themselves like you have done. Um, there's been countless other people come back from terminal illnesses uh, using different techniques, but really understanding our body does have powerful healing abilities. And so how do we connect with that? Um, it, you know, it's a, we can, we can, <laughs> we can, I don't know. That's not a very good sentence, but <laughs> we can do it. You can do it. You're powerful. So remember that and, and try these and you'll get to a point, you know, if, if you're on the medication or whatever, yeah, I'm not a doctor either. So definitely don't listen to me. Um, but uh, just try the technique and maybe there'll come a point where you feel comfortable, but most of the, the pharmaceuticals and things like that, um, they're good when you need them. Um, but then you don't, you know, you can go too far. And a lot of this stuff, if we have this, um, knowledge, you know, we're not going to require those additional things. They're more like, you know, I don't, they're useful for what they're useful for. Yeah. It's, it's not that, that it's not that we're curing things. We're helping the body come back into homeostasis so that it can do its job more efficiently. It is actually very good at regenerating you. It does it every day, except when you're stressed too much. So uh, get in charge of that part, right? Be like you're saying, be conscious of, 
you know, that you, I have this ability to bring myself back to the center, like simple. It doesn't have to be any more elaborate than that. And if we do that regularly, we will, we'll experience much less suffering and a lot more joy and peace. There you go. You said it for me. You figured it out. It's you don't have to do it, right? You, your body is to get into the homeostasis. Into out, you have to get out of uh, sympathetic nervous system. You go into parasympathetic, parasympathetic and your body does it for you. You don't have to think it. You don't have to do extra stuff. You just got to, you know, probably eating good food and um, exercise will definitely help that. Yes. Um, but the key is, yeah, getting into the um, parasympathetic, letting the body just do its thing, what it's made to do, what it's designed to do. But if you're in stress, it can't do it. So you got to get out of there and you can control that. So that's the distinction. That's it. It, it's taking action. It's just making a decision. I'm going to do this and then following through and doing it. Just like anything that you've ever done that was worthwhile in your life that you got good at, right? This is one of those things. You repeat it, you master it, you feel it, you tweak it for yourself. And all of a sudden you've got an ally that's free, that is good for your body. hundred percent. I love it. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show. I invite people to check out your work. I'm interested in it, so I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, but thanks for coming on the show, and, and I definitely encourage people to give it a shot. You know, do, it, do a week experiment. That's usually what I do. I experiment for stuff for a week and uh, sometimes longer. Obviously, you want to do 21 days for a lot of things, but uh, you could try this immediately and feel an effect. So uh, I'll give you the stamp of approval, man, because uh, I understand it to a whole new level and um, really powerful, really simple, uh, amazing work. So thanks so much for your work and coming on the show. Matt, it's my pleasure. And I will send you some goodies so you can get started. Oh, right on. Thank you. Awesome. Thank Benefits you. of a Thank podcast, you. baby. <laughs> thanks, Boom. Jim. Have a great day. See you guys. Peace.